Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, you can go to turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And uh, <clears throat> hopefully you got the notes when you got here. Everybody having a good week so far? Everybody having a bad week? I don't know how many people to raise their hand. Well, um, in the first message of this study uh, that we began a couple weeks ago, uh, we learned how the Thessalonian believers came to faith. We, faith, we turned um, in Acts and we saw um, the, the different... Uh, challenges that they faced. We saw uh, even Paul and his missionary team, what they faced uh, when they were there. And we looked at what it looked like them living that out. Um, I'm going to see a little bit more of that uh, this evening. But we saw a couple of things that we can learn from them uh, from and be encouraged about in, in their faith and, and the things that they had. And so uh, just as a matter of view, number one was this, know your leaders are praying for you. Um, and again, I want to remind you about that. Uh, we're praying for you. Uh, I'm praying for you. Uh, again, I always ask for you to pray for me, pray for our leader, the, the leadership of this church. Um, and then the second thing was this, to strive to have a life defined by faith, hope, and love. Again, Paul was kind of outlining what their faith looked like. Again, and those were the three attributes that he was talking about. And that's what should define our life. When we look at how our life is lived out, those should be the things that people see that stand out. So this evening continue on with encourage you uh, so let's pray and we'll get into it father thank you for again the opportunity to be here thank you for the opportunity to praise you and to uh, be in your word tonight i ask that you would uh, just move in our midst god that you would speak to us through your word uh, that it would simply be a, a vessel tonight that you would uh, speak through and you would be glorified through um, lord we ask that you would um, challenge your hearts encourage us uh, convict us if necessary uh, help us to receive what you have for us, and we'll be sure to praise you for all those things. Lord, we ask and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we're going to pick up, we left off verse 3, pick up verse 4. And Paul is writing saying, Knowing, uh, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you, for your sake. Now, again, the Thessalonians were in, in most parts, uh, in most regards, uh, Gentiles. And so he is saying, basically, we are on the same exact plane, calling them brothers. Um, that's exactly what Paul was saying. We're, we're, we're brothers, you're beloved of God. And again, making this very clear uh, that he didn't think himself better as a Jew. They were the same because they had the same faith in God. The same is true for us today. Uh, while we see very clearly that God sets up leaders, that God puts people in place, we are all the children of God. We're bought with a price. We are chosen of God, redeemed by the same God, moved and responsive to the same gospel and the same Holy Spirit as the Thessalonian believers. Again, same exact thing today. But this, I believe, uh, just that, that truth right there shows a, a pretty good paradox, uh, if you will, that's found in Scripture. And I'm going to go back again and say what I just said. 
We, as the children of God, are all the children of God. We are all chosen of God. We are all bought with the same blood, redeemed by the same God, and we're all moved. And we all have the responsibility to be responsive to the same exact gospel. Now you say, what do you mean a, a paradox? This, this contrast, the seeming, seeming contrast uh, in truths that's found in Scripture. Now here's, here's the reality. Men have tried to explain this. Men are still trying to explain it today. And oftentimes people try to organize themselves in two or three different schools of thought concerning those things that I just said. However, Scripture is very clear on a couple of things. First of all, God chose us. God chose us. Uh, again, Scripture is clear. You can look through the Old Testament, you can look through the New Testament, and you can see that God chose us. And another clear truth in Scripture is that man has absolute responsibility for his acceptance of or rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So in our finite minds, we, we, we come to this and we say, okay, so God absolutely chose us as his children. Yet men, we, us today, have absolute responsibility in our choosing to accept or reject Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But with our finite minds, our minds that are limited in this human flesh, the, 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 the minds that are prone to seek answers, to grab answers, and to say, listen, I don't see how those two things can exist at the same time. Our minds that are not satisfied with the unexplainable. We try to explain the supernatural, omniscient, infinite mind of the Almighty. The finite trying to rationalize the infinite. And to me, and I've had many discussions with people on this, that's futile. That's futile for us as the created to try to explain the mind and the ways of the Creator. Matter of fact, Paul says that, that who can know him? I mean, who can know his ways? And, and, and we we're told that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. But again, Paul writing to these Thessalonian believers makes it very clear that they made a choice when he came through there with the gospel. The Holy Spirit, the power of God changed their lives because of them accepting that. But he made it also very clear that they were chosen of Almighty God. Again, Scripture is clear that both are true, that God chose us, but every man also must accept or reject that free offering. Now, people don't like to accept that divine election and free will can exist because, again, our natural minds can't reason that. However, through the Old Testament again and through the New Testament, we see that both are true. God chose Jacob, not Esau. God, God chose others throughout Scripture. He chose the 12 disciples. Yet all throughout Scripture, we see even Joshua calling to the people of Israel saying, Choose you this day who you will serve. Make a choice. Again, people don't like that because in our minds we say, it's got to be one, it's got to be the other. But the truth is this. There's many things that you and I can't explain or, or understand in our natural minds that Scripture teaches that we accept. What are these things? The Trinity. If someone can come up here on this stage, I'll welcome you to explain the Trinity. Many people try to illustrate it, say it's, a, it's like a house with three rooms of the same size, kind of like an egg, it's got a shell. It's one egg, got a shell, got a yolk, got a, uh, what's the other part? The white? Yeah, the white. Um, 
Uh, so we, we, many people try to explain it, but that doesn't do it justice. But we accept the fact that there are, there's one God and there are three equal persons in the Godhead. Uh, no problem. But to explain it, to rationalize it, to try to put it in our terms, it's, it's, a, it's a futile thing to do. Angels, they exist. Nobody in here has seen them. You say, yeah, I've seen an angel. Okay. But God, God uses the angels, and he has used his angels in mighty ways, and again, still uses them today. Uh, but we can't fully explain that. We see it in Scripture. We believe it. We, uh, we have those things. But again, hard to really understand and explain. The Holy Spirit, the third person in the, in the Godhead. We know he exists because he came inside of us. He changed us. He lives inside of us. And he operates inside of us. He convicts us. He convicts, he convicts us. He convicts us. He teaches. Um, he does all those things. But we don't see the Holy Spirit. But we believe he's real. He, we believe we know he's true because uh, Scripture teaches that. And again, the evidence that that is true in our own lives. We go on and on and on and on all night long throughout Scripture. Things that our natural senses and our reason can't explain. Yet all of us in this room, most of us in this room, accept and believe by faith. But this dichotomy that, that we see here, this, this, these two opposite things that seem, seem to be opposite, um, should bring us absolute peace. It should. You say, well, how? That we are God's. We are His beloved. And that we have a choice. Many of us have taken that choice to accept His free gift through the grace that He's extended. And so point number one tonight is this. God's election and his extension of grace to all brings comfort, brings us comfort. So again, the fact that God before time ever was, before uh, we ever were, uh, chose us in Christ, as the Bible says, according to his foreknowledge, as the Bible says. The fact that he has chosen us, we are the chosen, the elect of God, is an amazing, amazingly beautiful thing for each one of us to be comforted with. We, can, we get discouraged, we can get sidetracked, we can get distracted with so many things today. We can go back to this fact that God has chosen us in Christ Jesus. And that should bring us comfort no matter what we're going through. The other thing is that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever would take that extension of his grace and choose to put their faith in Jesus Christ would not perish but have everlasting life. Again, these beautiful truths existing together should bring us absolute peace and absolute comfort in our lives today. But Paul also pointed out the power of the Holy Spirit that worked in the lives of the Thessalonians in these verses. It wasn't just the power of their word. Uh, he, he talked about that. It wasn't just the power of the gospel that they gave to them. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that God was evident not only to convict them, but also change them. Today, again, same exact thing works the same way. You and I, when we hear the gospel, when a lost person hears the gospel, it's the power that God uses to bring salvation. That's what, that's what 1 Timothy said. We know that, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We also know the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one that does the washing, the regeneration, the transformation of a life that's condemned already, dead, to a life that's alive, born again in the new birth spiritually. This type of power also goes far beyond intellect. We start thinking about, man, how does this work? How, how, how does 
the Holy Spirit of God who we don't see. We see his work. We see the effects of his work. How, how does this happen in our life? I, don't, I can't fully understand it. I can't fully explain it. Again, it goes far beyond philosophy. Well, that's because it's these type of people that are susceptible to believing in this type of fantasy. These type of people that are susceptible to believing in this type of fairy tale. It's beyond uh, any type of man's explanation. The truth is it's divine, and again, it's spiritual. That's why in our conversions, in true conversions, there's a change. When you and I got saved, there was a change. I shared that just here recently about as a 10-year-old boy, uh, some things changed in my life. I, I mean, I wasn't uh, living out in the world. I wasn't going out and, and, and partying and doing all those things at 10 years old. You, just, you don't do that. But I knew that something changed from the inside out whenever I got saved as a 10-year-old boy. Again, that's so important. And for the Thessalonian believers, it was very clearly a marked change that happened in their lives. They had seen how Paul had lived. They had seen how his missionary team had lived while they were there with them in Thessalonica. They had displayed a sincere faith in Christ before those Thessalonian believers. And that was also a great catalyst for the conversion of the Thessalonians. That's the formula that God still has in mind today. What these Thessalonians had was they had the power of the gospel, they had the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives, and they had the power of a faithful witness in Paul and his missionary team. That's exactly what's necessary for people's lives to be radically transformed today. Is the power of the gospel's got to go out, the power of the Holy Spirit's got to work in their life, and the power of faithful witnesses impacting people's lives in a real way. So our world today doesn't need a group of people that say they have eternal life, that say that their lives have been radically changed for the better, that everybody needs to get on board with, with that group. Everybody's got to do what we're doing, follow us, because we have a change in our life. We have eternal life. The world doesn't need to see or hear people that talk like that yet that looks and talks and lives not too drastically different from them. Again, we have a lot of people that say, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven. But they look a lot like the world. They talk a lot like the world. Their devotion, their sincere, their sincere living out of their faith doesn't look very sincere at all. A lot of people, I wonder why we're not seeing a ton of people get saved today. Paul and his missionary team came to Thessalonica. They lived out their faith in sincerity. Paul appealed to them in this regard. He said, listen, you know how we behaved in your midst. You know how we lived our lives before you. Again, it wasn't just in, in, in the word that they spoke. It wasn't just the power of the Holy Spirit. But it was also them living out their faith in sincerity. And because of that, the Thessalonians, again, were not only converted, but they began to follow that example of Paul and his missionary team. Look at it in verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction and with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Now listen to what he sa says in verse 8. For from you, Thessalonians, sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad. So that we need not to speak anything. You know what Paul was saying right there? You guys have so radically transformed the areas that you live in and beyond 
that we don't have any work there. The gospel work, there's nothing that we can do there. You guys have followed our example in the fact that we came to y'all, we shared the gospel with y'all, we lived, our, our, lived out our faith in sincerity. Your lives were impacted for all of eternity, and now you're doing that to everybody around you. You are living out your faith in sincerity. You're sharing the word of God. You're sharing the gospel with people, and it's transforming the landscape of your culture around you. I don't know about you, but that's exactly what I would love to see in our area right now. I would love to see believers in Jesus Christ so faithful to him, so living out our faith and sincerity that it absolutely transforms the landscape of our culture around us. But that's what it takes. It takes exactly what these Thessalonians did after the example of Paul and his missionary team. They said, you know what? These people left everything to bring us the gospel. These people set aside everything to make sure that we knew Jesus Christ died for us. These people set aside everything. When Paul and his missionary team were here, they weren't concerned about themselves. They weren't concerned about anything like that. They were concerned about us placing our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what consumed them, and that impacted us. It impacted us so greatly that when we trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were absolutely compelled. We had to tell other people, regardless of what it cost, regardless of what we had to give up, we had to make sure other people had the same opportunity as we had because we were radically transformed. Verse 9, it says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned from God, uh, to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and await for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, what, what a testimony. What impact that the gospel had in the lives of these, these Gentile believers. I want you to notice again that these Thessalonians came to faith in a very unpopular time, a very unpopular place for them to do so. They were persecuted. Back in the, in, in the first part that we were reading, that they came to faith through much affliction, it said. If you remember from the, the very first message, that's exactly what Paul was dealing with. They had to sneak Paul out, remember? When he was there in Thessalonica, they had to sneak him out of town. He goes on to Berea. And they come from Thessalonica to Berea to try to silence them there. Paul had to keep escaping. Again, they, it was not an easy place to be saved. It was not an easy place to live out your faith. Yet these Thessalonians did. They not only got saved, but they began to impact their culture that was full of idolatry, that was full of, uh, 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 of money and commerce and, and, and people worshiping false gods. They lived out their faith in sincerity, just like they saw Paul and his team live it out. And it transformed the landscape of Thessalonica. Not only Thessalonica, the Bible says Macedonia, the area, and even beyond, Achaia. And everywhere that Paul and his missionary team traveled, anywhere around that area, he said, we're hearing of your faith. You're reaching people even here, not just in the area that you live. Because of their radical conversions, because of how their lives were so changed, and because they had become imitators, followers of the pattern that the Apostle Paul and his missionary team set. Again, these Thessalonian believers were way more effective than they could have ever thought. And it sounds like, as Paul is writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, more than the Apostle Paul even thought. You know, I, I, look, at, I look at our church, and, and we're doing a lot of things to try to get the gospel to a lot of people. 
But I'm never satisfied. I'm never satisfied with what we're doing. I always feel like that we can reach more, and I always feel like that we can be more effective. And when we see examples in Scripture and we read about the, 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 the examples before us, we see things like this, that the Thessalonian believers were impacting such a broad landscape of people. It makes me wonder, what's missing? What are we not doing? How are we not being this, this effective? Some people say, I, I, don't, I don't know what else we could do. I don't know what more we could do. I don't know how many more we, we can, people we could reach. But I think the issue today is something that's very prevalent in Christian culture. Many people don't have that Christ-like example before them that this, the Thessalonian believers did in Paul and his missionary team. I was just talking to a church member on Sunday uh, at our fellowship, and um, he was talking about a gentleman that he worked with that he didn't know for the longest time that he was a Christian. And he, he talked to somebody else that was, uh, I think, a, a minister, and he was like, oh, brother so-and-so is a Christian, and, and he was like, what? He had no idea that this man was a Christian, and he worked side by side with him. No clue. Every day, hour after hour, had no idea he was a Christian. But that, this story, that, that's just an isolated story, has been told many years, several different times. Same exact thing. I worked with so-and-so, I had no idea they were, they were a Christian. I worked with so I had no idea they were saved. We had a gentleman get saved in our church here recently uh, that was trying to invite people to church. And the response that he got from his coworkers were, why would I want to go to church with you? You're no different from me. And again, I, I feel like that's where a major disconnect in our witness is today. You and I have got to make sure, we've got to be careful that our lives are matching up with the gospel. That's, the Bible says that, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We are supposed to be striving together in that same gospel ministry. Bible says this, that our, that our conduct, our lifestyle, should be as it becometh the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should live lives that line up with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Live lives that match up with the Spirit of God within us in order to see the same product that they saw in Thessalonica. Again, I, I've seen many people active in inviting people to church, yet aren't faithful to God themselves. And wonder why people aren't coming. And wonder why people aren't coming to faith. Those that might would have come. Or maybe even eventually come to faith in Jesus Christ. Either they don't come or they come and they end up falling away because of the faithlessness and the examples before them. This brings us to another encouraging point or another challenging point, which is point number two tonight. We must live out sincere faith in order to see maximum effectiveness in the gospel ministry. You and I have got to live every single day like it's our last day to make an impact for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. I believe that's exactly what the Apostle Paul and his missionary team were doing there in Thessalonica. I believe that's what they did along every stop along the way is they were realizing, look, 
Again, the the Apostle Paul, he was a wanted man. They were wanting to stone him. They were wanting to imprison him. They were wanting to kill him. They wanted to silence him. And so literally, he came into every town thinking, this might be it. This might be the town. This might be the town. This might be the time that that my Lord calls me home. And so they lived out their faith in absolute absolute sincerity, and it made a dramatic impact on those believers there. Well, they, they weren't believers at the time. The lost there that eventually got saved had eventually lived out a, a, a life that had maximum effectiveness. See, sincere faith encompasses, and it is, it, it's expressed through faithfulness. When somebody is living their faith out in all sincerity, what comes through in their life is faithfulness. That's the truth that's found throughout Scripture. That's the example that we see in in Paul and many others in the New Testament. It's because what the Thessalonians saw in Paul and his team lived out before them that they in turn were extremely devoted, not only extremely devoted, but extremely effective to spread the gospel. And so when I look at it and say, okay, how can Trinity Baptist Temple be more effective in reaching the lost? If that's our mission, that's the whole reason why we're on this earth, which if, if and this is not a, like, a, like, a, like a, uh, an aggressive or a mean threat or anything like that, but if at any point in time you say, I just don't see that in Scripture. I don't, I, we always hear about that in our church, but listen, we have to always be reminded that we're living this life on the mission of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Look, I don't like to see people hurting when they lose loved ones. I don't like to see people hurting whenever they, they find out that their loved one has a disease or, or some, uh, something that's incurable. I don't like to see uh, couples struggle in their marriage and, and, and kids struggle in their faith and teenagers want to walk away from it. I don't like to see all the hurt and the darkness and the, and the, and the despair and, and the death. None of that stuff is fun in this life. And so when we ask ourselves, we look and say, then why are we still here? The grace of God that, that, that brings salvation has been extended to us, and we've accepted it. We've been saved. We are the beloved. We are the chosen of God. He's making a home in heaven. Why are we living here? We're living here on his mission. And so we have to always be reminded this is why we're still here. Man, and along the way, what, what a journey we get to live. We get to live life with each other. We get to laugh. We get to cry, we get to to see fun things, we get to do fun things along the way. None of those things change the mission that we're on. And so we always have to keep in mind, that's why we're here on this earth. And we see things like this, when people are radically seeing their their culture, their, their community, not just their community, but their culture, all the areas around them shaken for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I look at Trinity Baptist Temple, I look at Fort Worth, Texas, Saginaw, Texas, look at Tarrant County and say, man, I want to see that shaking that shaking going on in our area, in our community. What's keeping us from doing that? And again, my concern is the sincerity in which we're living out our faith is what's on the stand. And I'm not calling, I'm not trying to say that. It's an evaluation for every single one of us. How sincere am I living out my faith in Jesus Christ? If I realize the mission is what it is, Scripture's not changed for 2,000 years, Jesus gave to the church the vehicle of the gospel, a very clear mission. Nothing's changed. And if the power of God is still the same, the power of the gospel is still the same, 
and the power of faithful witnesses are still the same, that's God's formula, then why aren't we seeing the shaking that was happening there in Thessalonica? To me, it has to go back to how sincere we're living out our faith and what that looks like through our faithfulness. You know, I've, I've shared this many times before and I've challenged many times before, but a church service is very important. But it's not the only thing. It's just one thing. But if we're the children of God, everything about God should be important. Everything. Which includes church services. Which includes sharing the gospel, his mission. Which includes his people. All of the things of God should be the most important things to us. And so as we follow him, and as we pursue Jesus Christ as our Lord, and as we live out that faith of sincerity, what should be illustrated in every aspect of our life is that sincere faith through faithfulness to all the things of God. Everything that has to do with God. And so we have to ask ourselves tonight, is that what my life looks like? Because it's not about going through the motions either. Maybe you're here tonight and say, I'll just, I'm just here because I'm supposed to be here. No, no, no. Live out your faith in sincerity. L let, it, let it be what defines you so that it impacts others for the kingdom of God. Let's do an evaluation and say, listen, I, I want to make sure that every day that I live, everyone that I encounter, I live it and I encounter them like it's the last opportunity, like the Apostle Paul going into a town not knowing if this, this stoning, this imprisonment, this, this persecution would be the last. We should approach every day of our lives like that, living it out to the fullness, to the glory of God. So tonight, let's be encouraged. If the Thessalonians came to faith under such great persecution, if they had to live out their faith against great, such great odds, if that's what they faced, and they were comforted by the fact that they were God's elect, coupled with the fact that their faith in him and again, the grace extended to them afforded them this privilege of serving him. Then you and I today in 2017, living in, in the freest nation in the world with no persecution to fear, no, nothing to come against us, we need to make sure that we're living out every day of our lives to the fullness for the glory of God. We need to make sure that we're living out that sincere faith Living it out so that it makes an impact, a maximum impact, that it has a maximum effect while we're living on this earth. And so I want to I ask you that tonight. Ask yourself that question. Is, is me living out my faith today, is it having maximum impact? Is it having maximum effect for the kingdom of God? Or could I, could I give more? Could I... Could I Live out my faith with more sincerity. Could I be more serious and more sincere and more deliberate in living out my faith for Jesus Christ so that more people are impacted? So that when I do talk to that person at my office or when I do talk to that person at my job or when I do get together with that family member, they're impacted because of Jesus Christ. They're, they're impacted. Again, these Thessalonians, remember, they were idolaters. They were, they were debased. The, 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 the fact that Paul and his team went in there 
and anybody got saved was, was a miracle. But how many people got saved and what happened as a result of their salvation? I want that in my life. We should want that in our lives. The people that we impact, the people that we encounter are impacted and again are affected by the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And so these two points, hopefully they're an encouragement to you. Hopefully it's a challenge tonight. Uh, I want to pray and then we'll open up the altar. If you want to come respond and say, God, I just want to, I want to live out my faith with more sincerity. I want to have more impact in the people that I encounter. Uh, not for my glory, but for your glory. I want to see more people saved. Uh, through my faithful witness for you. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for allowing us to gather in your name again. We thank you for uh, your word to encourage us, but also at the same time to challenge us. Uh, Lord, we know that we have just a short time left on this earth. And when we see examples like this, uh, and the Thessalonian believers, they were making a, a drastic uh, impact in their culture. Uh, it was making waves all throughout the area that they lived then, again, we're challenged. And, and I pray that we would take this challenge and we would say, uh, we want to see that happen, not only in Fort Worth, not only in Saginaw and Lake Worth, uh, but all throughout the school district, all throughout this county, throughout this state, that people are turned to you uh, because of our faithfulness to you, because our deliberate, sincere living out of our faith. Help us be those people, Lord. Again, uh, I, I don't believe that Paul expected this, I don't believe that the Thessalonians even expected this uh, from their lives. They just lived, lived out their faith in sincerity, and you did something supernatural. And that's what I pray for us, God, that we would just live, our, live out our faith in sincerity. Just be the people you've called us to be, obedient to the things you've called us to be, and be faithful in those things. And Lord, I believe the same thing will happen, that you'll do things that are far beyond what we could expect, and you'll be glorified through it all. Lord, we ask you to move now in this time. Help us respond rightly to your word in this message. We ask and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.